when this podcast makes a grave mistake, it must be rectified by exploring the darker aspects of humanity. And then we meet a young couple who's currently raising their first child. They knew parenthood was going to be tough, but nobody warned them about the demons. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Chase Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun out there in the world doing whatever you're doing. We got a ton of stuff to cover today. So first off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is another one of our Oregon Ghost Conference attendees. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Liam and the Mule Crew. Woohoo! Yeah! Weehee! Liam's coming in. Liam and his boys coming in riding on mules. Yeah! <laughs> That's what you get called when I don't write down your name. What happened was, Liam and his two buddies caught me ten minutes before I was getting ready to go on to do my presentation, Why Are There No Fat Ghosts? They had driven like three or four hours to come out and see me. I didn't write down their names. <laughs> Remember Liam? And the reason why I call them the mule crew is that one of the young men had a question. Apparently, at, at a certain in an episode, they didn't remember what episode it was either. I asked the question: If someone was throwing bricks at your mule, would you jump in front of the bricks? But if you did, and here's the thing: these people, you could walk up to me and say any sort of insane thing, and go, "You said that on your podcast," and they'd probably go, "Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably." Rob, that sounds like something I'd say. I don't remember the podcast, but apparently I asked the question, if someone was throwing bricks at your mule, would you defend your mule? Would you jump in front of the bricks? But that would mean you would become a mule yourself. And uh, <laughs> 10 minutes before I went on my speech, I was like, what? I'm sure I said that. It has to do with transforming into things. I have That's my biggest fear. We talked very briefly about it. But I didn't write down I didn't write down your names. Sorry about that, guys. But Liam and the Mule crew. There's two other dudes with him. You guys are going to be our captain. They're like, dude, come on. <laughs> Don't call us the Mule. The third guy had nothing to do with the Mule joke. He was just standing there. He just came along with the ride. You'll forever be known throughout the universe as the Mule crew. I can't even pronounce it right, but that's par for the course. Liam and the Mule crew, you guys are going to be our captain, our pilots this episode. If you guys can't show up at a live event, if you're like, Jason, you're not even writing down these people's names, bro. Why do I want to go out of my way? If you guys can't show up to a live event, if you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps. You're like, what? What's the name of the podcast? I didn't write it down. Just spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. It really, really does. Liam, the Mule Crew. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jet. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Let's fly all the way out to Botswana. What happened? What happened was, when I do live streams, so this is actually a perfect episode, I didn't plan on this, but this is actually a perfect episode to talk about. When I do live streams, when I'm getting um, 
I don't know what the term is, super chats or whatever. When I, I think that might be the Twitch name. But when I'm getting donations on YouTube, I'm writing down names so they can get shout outs on future episodes. So I'm writing down all these names on this book. And then I can say, hey, this guy donated money. He's in the Carpenter Copter, so on and so forth. Well, I went through a very, <laughs> I didn't know this, but I'm a very poor record keeper. I don't write down people's names apparently at all. And I had this notebook. It was like something I got from a hotel. is just a white notebook with a little hotel symbol on the bottom. And I was jotting down names during, I think it was the Christmas live stream or maybe the Thanksgiving live stream. I'm writing down names for shout outs. And I tore off the first page. I did all the shout outs and there was a name on the second page. And I go, oh, I must have written this name down and haven't given them the shout out. And I remember I had it kind of sitting in my closet for a while back when I was doing more recording in the haunted closet. I go, I need to give this person a shout out because they donated money. And I was like, I don't think I did it yet. So on episode 971, this is a bad mistake. It's a really bad mistake. <laughs> episode 971, <laughs> Oh my god. The the person who walked into Dead Rabbit Command, we all applauded. We all applauded. And I was like, you're driving the Jason Jalopy. And they went on this adventure with us. Um, was a person by the name of Sega Metsi Mogo Motsi. So I did it. I scratched the name off of my list of Super Chat donators. And went on with my day until I got a YouTube comment on that video from longtime listener of the show, Why Do Countries Exist? And he goes, uh, that person's not a live stream donator. <laughs> I don't know how, how shoddy your record keeping is, but that person's not a live stream donator. I recommended you look into her to do a story on. So I had written it down to go, oh, I want to do more research on this and got it mixed up with my list of people with wacky usernames to fly around on the Carpenter Copter. Now, if you think, oh, that's not that big of a deal, <laughs> it's a pretty big deal because what happened is we're going to Botswana. It's the year 1994, November 5th, 1994. We're in the town of Mochuti, Botswana. And on this particular day, there's a young schoolgirl. This is it was such a bad mistake. There's a young schoolgirl named Segametsi Mogomotsi. She's 14 years old, and she's a student at the local Redicolo Community Junior Secondary School. And she's getting ready to go on a school trip. She's a very good student. She's a very bright girl. She's beloved by not only her friends and her family, but the teachers. Like People really like her. But she's very poor. Her family is very, very poor. And she wants to raise money to go on this school trip. And she decides to sell oranges to raise this money. Now, I don't know how inexpensive the school trip is or how much she's selling the oranges for. But I imagine it would take a lot of oranges to raise money. But she figured, like, this is what I got. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to go on this trip. But all of, her, all of her prayers are kind of answered when a few men come up 
these guys come up and they say, we'll buy all of your oranges. And Sega Metsi goes, sure, that sounds fantastic. I can sell all these oranges in one go and I'll have enough money for the school trip. That's perfect. It's going to save me a lot of time. You're going to buy all the oranges. And they go, but we don't have the cash right now. So will you wait here and we'll be back? I'm trying really hard. I'm trying really hard. Ugh. I just keep flashing back to her flying the carbon helicopter. They leave. And she's there with all of her oranges. You're like, James, where's the story going? I'm on the edge of my seat, honestly. This is like the driest story you've ever told. So I imagine something terrible is going to happen. You're not joking at all. Oh my goodness. So Sega Metsi waits there with her oranges and she waits there all day. Now the sun's starting to set and they haven't come back with the money for these oranges. I imagine other people were walking up and be like, hey, can I buy an orange? And she's like, no, I'm saving them. She has a big sign that says, for sale oranges. And we were like, what, can I buy an orange? I have money. No, 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 no. I'm selling them all to some men that are coming back. And they're like, what? But the sign says, you're like, Jason, quit doing jokes. Just get to the story. Get to the story. So anyways. So awful. Sega Metsi waits there all day. The sun has set. And then a bunch of dudes show up. And they kidnap her. Like people on the street saw them stuff like a cloth in her mouth. Blindfold her. Tied her up and took her away. The next day. She was found. Murdered. But not just murdered, she was mutilated. And not just mutilated, she was mutilated for a purpose. They removed her sexual organs, specifically. These sexual organs are often used in ceremonies and rituals to promote business deals. It's basically the same thing in the West. We talk about adrenochrome. We talk about having to pull the fear, the the uh, adrenaline that's caused by being afraid. We have to pull that out of the back of an eight-year-old's neck so Hillary Clinton can inject it. And she's like, look at me, look at me, I'm queen of the world. It's not really the same thing because we don't have proof that Hillary Clinton's injecting adrenochrome into her body. But we do have proof that this is happening over in parts of Africa. I don't think they do it with, like, every businessman. I don't think it's, like, how they shake hands. But generally, it's, if you want to be prosperous, it's all the conspiracy theories we talk about over here with the elite, except it does happen over there. It's known. It's been documented. If you want to be prosperous in business, or you want to be successful in this particular industry or that, you need to use this muti, which the gener- it's, it basically means medicine. But in this context, it's magical medicine. If you find someone who's very successful, powerful, rich, something like that, they've probably engaged in this muti, in these magical rituals using these sexual organs of children. And what's interesting is the locals say, oh, no, 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 this is totally real. And you could argue it was a conspiracy theory, but they do constantly find victims of people who have been killed in these rituals. And we have other episodes on... Not particularly this same country, but other countries in Africa that they've traced these black magic cults down to real life crimes. It's not the 
oh, that's just some weird conspiracy theory on the internet that's being pumped up by Facebook moms. No. This crime is recognized as being... The reason why this girl was killed was for these black magic rituals. 100%. The authorities believe that. The locals believe that. People who have studied the case afterwards believe that. There's no debate over why she was kidnapped off the street and murdered and then sexually mutilated. None. But what's crazy is this this case, and they chose her because she was so smart and young and had such a bright future that you basically are taking that from her and giving it to yourself. The smarter the child, the more powerful the magic is how it works over there. And it happens. It's been happening for a long time. They say centuries this has been going on for in Botswana. But sometimes, you know, there's the straw that breaks the camel's back. This caused riots. Like, at first, the students at her school began protesting, and then in neighboring cities, people began to riot, and they actually had to call in the military to suppress these riots. People were super, super upset by this. In the end of the day, the military police had to put down this big riot in the capital city. A kid was killed, and another man was paralyzed due to rubber bullets. Fifteen other people were injured. But... This is an unsolved crime. And to this day, the murderers have never been caught. They believe it was more than one. Obviously, people saw multiple men grab her off the street. At one point, her stepfather was arrested. He confessed to it. And he named some other people, but then he recanted and the police were like, oh, okay, well, he said he didn't do it now. And yeah, who would you turn to if the powerful people, if you look at a powerful person, you go talk to the chief of police and you're like, dude, investigate this. And he's like, I will, but you're thinking about your head. The only reason you're chief of police, the only reason why you got this successful in the first place was because you probably were part of this cult as well. Crimes are taking place and there are people who believe it. There are a lot of people who believe it. So, but they're not getting prosecuted. Terrifying story. And again, like the whole idea of having her fly the carpenter copter, I did not put two and two together. It's a, Horrible mistake. I'm glad that he was able to bring that to my attention. I'm glad that Why Do Countries Exist was able to correct me. And I hope that even this far off, she does find some justice. Apparently in 2012, there was an official police report written up about the case, but it's never been released. So, still an ongoing problem. Liam and the mule crew, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. Get your mules on board. We're leaving behind Botswana. Take us all the way out to an apartment complex. We're about to meet a young man. If he didn't give his name, we're going to call him Tony. Tony, he's a new father of a little girl, a little infant daughter they've named Freya. He doesn't give his name. He doesn't give his name in the story, but he gives her a real name. Freya is her name. And he's just holding his little girl and he's like stroking. Do babies have hair? He doesn't say how old this baby is, but I'm imagining it's not like one of those like super pink red babies. Probably has hair. It doesn't have anything to do with the story. It doesn't have anything to do with the story, but I imagine he's petting his baby going, ah, yes. Yes, little Freya, someday you'll be an older person named Freya, but for right now, you're my little baby person. Gag, goo, goo. And 
his parents are actually in town to help out. You know, when you have a baby, it might, might be a little pink baby person because the parents are there to kind of show him the ropes. They're like, no, 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 no. Don't give her a bath yet. Watch her in the sink. He's taking notes. Time to feed the baby. He's giving her a full piece of pizza. They're like, ah, ah, ah. You give her baby food. He's like, what? What's that? Thanks, mom. Tony is learning the ropes of how to be a new dad. His wife is there as well. It's just a happy little family. And they're all trying to raise this baby together. Now, it's August 2022. And Tony is up late in the nursery with Freya. Holding little baby Freya. Gaga Google. He's like, yeah, little baby person. You're mine. And then all of a sudden, he hears someone in the kitchen. Now, the kitchen's downstairs. And his parents are staying there, right? His parents are in the guest room downstairs. So he figures at first... So he figures at first... Did I say this took place in an apartment? <laughs> I like how I'm like, facts are important. I like to get things right. This takes place in a house. He's upstairs with Freya in the nursery. He hears someone in the kitchen downstairs and he goes, oh, it must be my mom up making something because he hears like a drawer open up and he hears someone kind of fumble around in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden he hears what he suspects is somebody cutting vegetables. He's like, oh, that's the sound of a stainless steel knife cutting through a rhubarb. I don't know if this guy is Sherlock Holmes or what, but he's like sitting up there with his baby and he goes, that's clearly the sound of somebody making snacks. And by somebody, I mean my mother. That sounds like the velocity my mother used to use when she pressed the knife against the cutting board. But then he starts to think, hmm, it also is three in the morning. Like, why wouldn't my mom be up so late Making snacks. And right when his brain kind of processes that, right when he starts to think, why would my mom be up? All of a sudden, he said, all of the hairs on my back stood up. And he gets this feeling, this overwhelming feeling that somebody is in the house who shouldn't be. So he puts Freya down and walks out of the bedroom planning on finding out what's going on in the kitchen. <laughs> At the very least, get a tasty snack. Get a tasty 3 a.m. snack, but it's possible someone has broken in. He said, the second I stepped out of the nursery, the noise stopped. He begins walking down the stairs. There's a lot of stairs. A lot of stairs. He walks down the stairs and he gets into the kitchen. Nobody is there. There's not even any snacks. He's all disappointed. He's like, ah, I hope that burglar is making some delicious snacks. He walks down there. There's no snacks. He then gets the feeling that something was trying to lure him out of the nursery. Like, he can't draw a through line. He clearly heard the noise. He comes down. There's nothing there. But then he makes that leap. Now, the reason why nothing's there is because it wanted to get him out of the nursery. Something wanted to be alone with Freya. So he goes back upstairs. It doesn't say that he runs. It doesn't say that he's necessarily super panicked. But he goes back upstairs and he looks in the nursery. Freya's still there right where he put her down. 
he goes, oh, well, okay, then I don't know what that was. But uh, hopefully it never happens again. He does end up, because he had such a weird sense about this, he ends up checking the upstairs cameras. Apparently there's like cameras on Freya or just cameras in general upstairs. He checked the cameras. He said that both of the cameras were turned off. Now, he does, I, what's interesting about that was when I read that, I go, well, listen, if I hadn't, if I knew the cameras were on and I thought someone was in my house and someone was trying to lure me out, ghost or not, I would wake everyone up in the house and be like, hey, did anyone turn these cameras off? Like, that would be a huge sticking point for me. I'm also extremely paranoid. <laughs> and it would be hard-pressed to find a bunch of people who would want to live in a house with me all the time, but... I don't know if he, when he, because he just said the cameras were turned off. I don't know if that was something like someone forgot to turn them on or if he believes that some malevolent force turned them off. And it's interesting. We'll put a pin in that because I think that's important. I think that's an important distinction. But anyways, he goes, that happened back in August of 2022. Let's jump ahead to January 2023. And he goes, what I've noticed is that in Freya's room, there seems to be some sort of activity as far as stuff falling down. He says, like, stuffed animals kind of falling off of bookshelves, things like that. He goes, the most alarming one was, I caught this on video, there was a heavy box of formula tins. You know, like, you buy those big tins of Similac. They're in a box... He goes, I watched the whole box fall off the shelf. Now, that's not conclusive, right? That's not conclusive. Stuff is constantly falling in my house. Constantly. Falling off my fridge and all sorts of things. I don't think it's a ghost. I think it's just gravity and disorganization on my part. But... His concern is that whatever this is, it seems to be centered around Freya. Like, it's not so much that there's weird activity in the house. It's that now the two times... The stuff falling down wasn't just... He goes, it was kind of an ongoing thing of stuff kind of... It seemed to be moving around in her room. You have the chopping of the vegetables to get them out of the room. And now this. And he's like, I'm just concerned that it seems to be centered around my daughter. Now, let's jump ahead to March 28th, 2023. This is around the time I found this post. He said... Today I was feeding Freya and giving, giving her a piece of pineapple pizza. He's like, my parents are gone. They're like, hey, Freya, you're going to love this pizza. He was feeding Freya and she began to choke. And not just, you know, this little baby going, eh, 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 eh. And then that's over, right? Little baby just coughing a little bit. She was choking really, really badly. She was choking so badly that he pulled her out of the high chair. So I guess she isn't a little pink baby person. Like, if you're sitting in a high chair, you're probably... Your skin's probably developed at that point. You probably can, you know, rest against a piece of plastic without leaving a layer of your own flesh. I think she had human skin and not baby skin at that point. But anyway, she's sitting in the high chair. She begins to choke. He pulls her out of the high chair and begins to do back thrusts. Because I don't think you're supposed to do Heimlich Maneuver on a baby. I think it would 
be bad. <laughs> I don't even want to say what I think would happen. Um, you do back thrust, which I imagine just kind of like shaking the baby around a bit until the food comes out, but backwards. And the wife is running to get the D choker. That's, I know what that is. I looked that up. It's this weird suction cup thing that you can buy them for yourself. You can buy a D choker. So if you're home alone and you start choking and you have the wherewithal, you can open up your bag you're like, where did I put it? Where did I put it? You're so messy. That'd be me. I'd be like, oh, I'm choking. I'm like, oh, no, where did I put my D-choker? It's under a pile of clean clothes. I'm like, ah. You put this suction cup on your mouth. Well, babies can't do it. A, a, an adult has to use it on a baby. But you, this all of a sudden, an ad use my promo code, choking. You put this suction cup on your face, and then you go, it's like using a plunger on your mouth. But don't use it. a plunger when it works. It has to create like a suction cup over your nose and your mouth, and then just push it in a bunch of times so the food pops out it's like you're suction cupping out the food but anyway so this baby is choking the dad's giving it backwards thrust it's probably like a heimlich maneuver but probably a little less force and the mom's running to go grab the d choker and all of a sudden the food ends up coming out of the baby freya goes gets rid of it and then just crying because it's scary right almost dying did you know that it's quite terrifying Freya's crying and Tony's holding the baby, trying to calm her down. And the mom comes in. It's okay, Freya. It's okay. <laughs> and they're like just petting her, saying, it's okay, baby. You didn't die. She begins to calm down and she's calming down and she's getting, you know, kind of back in a baby state of mind. And right when she gets quiet, a child begins to laugh. <laughs> and Tony said, he goes, I don't know where it came from. I couldn't say what room it was in, how close, how far. It was just somewhere in the house. I heard the sound of a child laughing. And my wife heard it too. Like, whatever you want to say about the other encounters that I've had, the late night hearing the noises downstairs, stress related to being a new dad, you could say all sorts of things. But me and my wife both heard at the same time this child laughing somewhere in the house. And he said we both at the same time, we both looked at each other and was like, what in the world was that? Tony says at this point in his narrative, he goes, I never told my wife what was happening. Never told my wife about the snacks. Never told my wife about everything moving around in the bedroom. I never told my wife what was happening before. My suspicions, my the, the whole thing with the snacks and the whole thing with my suspicions of stuff being moved around the room might have a supernatural origin. I never mentioned anything to my wife. And what I find interesting about that is I can almost guarantee that she's been experiencing things and hasn't been telling him. Now, obviously, we only has, have his side of the story, but I can almost guarantee that because for whatever reason, he's not telling her she would have a valid reason not to tell him. Maybe they think it's foolish. Maybe they don't normally believe in ghosts. Maybe they don't want to scare the other person. So she may have been encountering stuff as well. She may have been having just as vivid experiences. And she's like, I'm not going to tell Tony. 
And he does have this interesting quote about the choking incident in particular. He said, quote, Whatever it is, I don't think it caused my daughter to choke on her food. But I think it enjoyed it. Which is a terrifying thought. But I almost feel like Tony doesn't want to admit the truth. That this thing may have caused the choking. See, it's very interesting. And he goes, I don't think it caused the choking, but I think it enjoyed watching it and enjoyed the terror that Freya was feeling. But if you admit to yourself, I think this unseen entity caused my daughter to almost die and then laughed about it, laughed about how frantically we worked on saving her life, that is to give up all power in that house. And that is something no parent would want to do. Like, for him to admit, I think that this demon or this ghost, whatever it is, almost killed my child. How could you ever fall asleep after that? So he almost has to say, oh, I don't think it caused it, but I think it enjoyed it. And he could be right. But it doesn't jive with the other things, like trying to get him out of the room. And who knows, again, what the wife's been experiencing. I don't think he caused it, but I think he enjoyed it. He could be right. He could be right, but he could also not want to admit that this thing is far more powerful and far more evil than he can do anything about. And in almost an aside to this whole story, he kind of mentions this towards the ending as well. I found this online. It was posted by someone going by the name of Informal Warfare. He said that my wife's pregnant again. There's another girl on the way. Freya's going to have a baby sister. He says the two children will be about 14 months apart. So that does kind of give us kind of an age range for Freya. It's at the bottom of my notes. But he says we're going to have another girl. We're going to have another child. It's so it's again like you are already in a situation where your one child may be like purposely being targeted for harm by a spirit that science can't explain and we have limited tools to fight. You're bringing another baby into that world and I think again that's another reason why he may be saying I don't think it caused the damage, I don't think it caused my child to choke because could you admit that to yourself? Not only with one child knowing that you couldn't fully protect her but now with two. If you can barely protect one, now you're going to have to try to protect two. And I can imagine as a father, that must be so terrifying. It's terrifying anyways to be a parent, but to be a parent in a haunted house. So you would almost have to deny reality and say, well, I don't think the demon's that bad or whatever it is, right? I'm thinking it's demonic just because it's, it's so nefarious. But I don't think this demon or this ghost is that bad. Sure, it's trying to lure me out of rooms in the middle of the night and can shut off cameras, apparently. Going back to that, like, I would figure a, a entity would just simply not show up on camera. We have so many reports of cameras 
I took a photo and there's just no image there at all or just a blur. It's weird that whatever this was actually had to shut off the camera, which would, to me, insinuate that it could appear on film. Not just as an orb, but as its true form, which would put it in such a a different classification, right? It wouldn't just be a ghost because ghosts may show up as a blur, a wispy blur. They may not show up at all, right? People take photos of things. I saw something down a dark hallway. I pulled in my camera, took a picture, nothing pulled up. Orb or nothing or wisp, whatever this was, actually had to shut off the cameras because you would have seen its true form. So that elevates it past, oh, it's just a ghost kid who's looking to have a little fun laughing at choking babies. Like, this is a high-level threat. And it's so mind-bending that you would have to say, I can't believe that this thing could make my baby choke to death. So I'm just going to say, I don't think it meant to do that. Or I don't think it had any part in that. It just liked it. But I think it probably did have a part in that. And that's what's so scary and so dangerous. Imagine having a child and bringing another one into the world and knowing that you are bringing them into a house where you cannot protect them. And having to do that day after day, after day, after day. You would rather reject the logical to say this is a dark spirit that's trying to do dark and horrible things to my children. You'd rather reject that because you just can't. You just can't accept that. It's too damaging to your psyche you could not close your eyes you could get no rest it's a terrifying story though maybe he's right maybe this i mean that's pretty terrifying too if you have a ghost who does love seeing human misery and and if he's having this hard of a time controlling this situation with just one child how bad will it be when there's two of them i'm not saying to get rid of one of them right i'm not saying that there's an orphanage down the street drop off one of them i'm not saying that at all what i'm saying is like this, he's going to have to deal with this one way or the other. And he can't get rid of the kids. He's going to have to get rid of this. And he's going to have to figure out what it is. And to do those things, he's going to have to admit to himself that this thing is dangerous. And his children are in danger. That's the first step. And hopefully this young family is able to comprehend that before things do get worse. Because when it comes to demons, when it comes to dark spirits, when it comes to this type of entity, it always gets worse. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.